Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, Miss Congeniality. It's so good to be here with you on this lovely, hopefully lovely, hopefully Friday. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I am sitting inside right now recording this episode, looking out into the most beautiful spring day New York has ever seen. I know that's not true, but I feel like every time we get to a place where we're like, okay, winter is done. And then it comes back and we're like, winter isn't done. Every time we get a peak of spring, it's like the nicest fucking day you've ever seen in New York. And that's how I'm feeling today. I have a meeting that's a 40 minute walk away and I will be walking all the way there. But I'm just so happy to be here with you. I hope you're having a lovely day. This week's episode is another backlogged interview from when I was in LA. It is with Lily Kincaid. She is a singer-songwriter, and I find her story to be so fascinating. So even if you're not a singer-songwriter, I hope you'll stay and listen because we talk about just like music and creativity and like her journey in being an artist. And I feel like all of us who are artists, our journeys are so different. But even if you're not an artist, like you might learn something. I always find that when my favorite podcasts have a guest and I'm like, meh, I'm probably going to hate that guest. It's like the most life fucking changing shit I've ever heard. Not saying that's going to happen. Who knows? But please just stick around. But obviously, first, we're going to do updates. We're going to get into all the good stuff. I am just like going, going, going. I am like, I feel like I'm going to have a breakdown, but like not yet, you know, but it's like imminent. Like the breakdown is coming. My mom did get the puppy after all. So you guys can talk about it now. <laughs> like last week I was like, keep this secret for me. Um, So she got the puppy. I'm going to dog sit because I was like randomly like I will dog sit anytime you need a dog sitter ever in history if you get this puppy. And so now I'm being held to that standard, which is fine, obviously, but it'll be good because my book is due the 10th and I really need like some uninterrupted editing time. So I'm going to edit and have that little moment for myself. So I'm excited about that. Excited to meet the puppy. Like, let's let's see how Mr. Winnie is. Like, I'm never, I've never trained a puppy on my own. And I'm not obviously training a puppy, but like I'm getting to dog sit him while he's in training mode. So there are a lot of rules, regulations, etc. She's following um the school of thought where you don't use the word no very often. So positive reinforcement all the way. But I did just get back from Houston and the Houston rodeo. And guys. I just have to say, like, there's something so special about watching your significant other relive their childhood or reminisce or when they're so excited to bring you somewhere and show you something that, like, makes you fall in love with them so much more. Obviously, my boyfriend grew up in Houston. He grew up going to the rodeo and he was, like, so excited to bring me there. And I also just love how excited all Texans and Houstonians seem to be about this rodeo. Like, it's so nice. There's such a display of, like, just pride and excitement and joy that like really hits different that I'm just like that's so special like this is clearly something so many people feel nostalgic about feel excited about and it was so much fucking fun and it showed obviously we saw Chris Stapleton and he was so good like he's just so good if you don't even like country music I just recommend listening to one or two songs he's so just adorable I don't know he's a man that I like sincerely adore And we were able to find like some gluten-free food. So that was good. And I did not get a stomach ache. So like we're feeling on top of the world in regard to that. And that was pretty much my Houston rodeo review. I loved it. I will say there was one part of the actual rodeo, like the animal events, where a bunch of teenagers were meant to wrangle baby calves for like a competition, like baby cows. And obviously like the professional wranglers know how to wrangle these animals without harming them in like a humane way, like as they do on the farm or whatnot. This wasn't giving humane. I don't know, like the the the, the students, the, the children that were doing this, they were like strangling and beating the shit out of these cows. And I was like, I need to go like that was that was the one thing about the rodeo that I was like, oh, 
oh, I, I don't think that they were doing what they were meant to do. Do you know what I mean? Like they weren't following the rules, the ones that were like beating up the cow. But regardless, I like literally couldn't watch it. And that was when I got turned off by the rodeo. After that, I was like, okay, like let's go back to the rides and like the carnival and like the yummy like ice cream because I can't. But ultimately I loved being in Houston. We went to the ranch for a day and I drove a go-kart and read my book, which was just like, lovely and we just did all the things we ate at steak 48 it was a really good steakhouse highly recommend um we went out in the heights which i love going out in the heights um it's like the houston heights i guess i don't know they just call it the heights i really like going out there i also like going to kirby ice house if you're familiar with houston houston has really good going out scene i go out pretty much every time i'm there because my boyfriend usually wants to see his friends from childhood who live there and whatnot and it was just a great time all around. Very happy to be back in New York for a few days before I'm heading home. And then we're just we're just carrying on with the craziness. And that's what we do. And that's what we love. In the interim, since we talked, I don't know how much has happened. I do know I signed up for the New York City Marathon and I'm not sure if I'm going to run it. Part of me thinks, why does this always happen to us? What? Like, I don't even have anything. And it's like my computer notifies me that there's something. And I'm like, you're being rude. Like, I know you want my attention, but you can't have it. It's for other people right now. Um, but yeah, I signed up for the New York City Marathon and I don't know if I'm going to run it only because like part of me thinks it's going to be a wonderful distraction to the inevitable anxieties of the book getting closer to being released. Part of me thinks it's going to be not that part of me thinks it's going to be really difficult. But I also trained and ran my first marathon in three hours and 52 minutes while I was a college student. So I feel like I could do it, but I'm competitive with myself. So I'll want to run like 350. And if I don't, I'm not going to be upset. But like, I'm going to aim for that. If I do it, I just think I need to get out of my own head and just start running. I did go on a run um, three miles felt pretty good. I've been trying to run again because I haven't been running. I've been doing like other activities or just like not. Um, but we're going to see how I feel. And I feel like I paid for insurance just in case, like, I don't feel like doing it anymore, but we're going to see. And that's your update on that. What am I reading right now? This week I am reading free food for billionaires, free food for millionaires or free food for billionaires. I think it's free food for mil. I'm looking it up free food for millionaires by Min Jin Lee. And this book guys, like you remember, I was like, this is a crisis. I don't know what I'm going to read after I read city of girls. Like how will I ever get a better book. I have found a book that is kind of like rivaling it in terms of how much I like it. I am the kind of girl that likes to read like an elevated romance novel, coming of age story slash, I don't know, something with like really wonderful, lovely prose. And that's what this has. And it's like really rocking me. I fucking love it. And I'm looking forward to reading it every single day. All I need to do to read it today is get through my meetings, a couple other things and my improv class, because yes, I'm doing improv. I'm fucking getting out of my comfort zone. Kieran and I, my friend Kieran and I signed up for an improv class, did not know there's a fucking performance at the end of it. Like only me, only me has two margaritas and is like, should we do an improv class? Like I'm nervous. Like I don't know what to wear to improv class. Like I've been really like overthinking it and it's caused me to spiral a bit but I'm trying to keep my head up because that's all you can do with something like this otherwise the anxiety of improv class will practically eat away at me but anyway I'm reading free food for millionaires I highly recommend it everyone needs to read it it's so good in terms of my television watching at the moment I am on how to get away with murder season motherfucking five guys I can't believe I'm coming to the end if you haven't watched it you need to Shonda is like the most talented person in the world we're gonna watch scandal after this because there's a crossover episode with Olivia Pope and I was like I now need to watch scandal um but it's just like it's the best show on earth like I literally like 
jaw dropping shocked how did someone write something this good like I it is it is it is my everything at this moment in time and like for like everyone knows how much I love you we haven't even finished you because we've literally been so obsessed with watching how to get away with murder and that's how you know that's how you know for me but I will say one other thing I watched is that I watched whatever episode of the bachelor aired this week just part of it and I had a thought so if you didn't watch um and you don't want spoilers skip okay if you don't care about spoilers so basically the guy, I guess, whoever the bachelor is, was telling all the girls that he's not going to sleep with them in the fantasy suites. And this was like a big reveal and a shock. And like some of the girls were like disappointed. And I was like, wait, I would probably do the same thing for a variety of reasons. Number one, I first of all, like I would never go on the bachelor. I just don't think it actually ever ends up working out. But let's just say I'm on the bachelor and I'm the bachelorette. I would probably only sleep with the person who is my top number one choice because I'm not leaving unless I leave with my top number one choice like my number one choice went home or something like and they weren't feeling me anymore I wouldn't want to go with my number two choice because that's just like disingenuous and so I would sleep with my number one choice and if it ended up that they went home or self-eliminated before I could choose them then I would just cut my losses and be like I'm not choosing anybody and that would be dramatic but like there's no way I would sleep with all three because number one I would be so if I was on the other end of it and it was a bachelor and I was in the final three on the fantasy suites I would be so upset if my eventual fiance had also slept with the other two girls I'd be like boy what and then third of all I don't know I that would be my one reason like I would just I would just be like I would feel bad for my fiance that I'd slept with the other two guys who are probably his friends who were on the show and like whatever and people were like making a big shock about it and on Twitter people were like shocked about it but I don't know what you guys think if you were in the fantasy suites would you sleep with every all three of them and if you would I'm not judging you because part of me is also like maybe I would just go for it with all three of them but then some of me is like well I would want to sleep with the one that I like the most because I know that somebody would be the front runner for me by far because that's just the kind of person I am. I don't even think I could date that many people at once. I was having a breakdown about how The Bachelor, I could never be The Bachelorette. I'm too jealous and I'm too like needy. Like I need like to know who my person is. And like when I like you, I like you a million percent and I'm not going to even be able to focus on other people. Honestly, these people are great multitaskers. They probably don't have ADHD. Nobody on The Bachelor has ever had ADHD. And if they do, they do badly. Because, like, it's just too hard to focus on all those people. Like, for me, I could never focus on all those people. But anyway, I thought that was interesting that he was, like, choosing not to do it at all, which, like, his choice. Like, I'm celebrating everyone's choice in this matter. If you want to fuck all three, go for it. If you want to only hook up with one, go for it. If you want to hook up with none, go for it. I'm just curious. Like, sound off, DM me, like, what would you do if you're the bachelorette with the fantasy suites? Like, do you agree with his move? I haven't watched any of the rest of the bachelor this season. I probably won't watch anymore. This was all I watched. And this was like pretty much my only takeaway. But now let's talk about what's living on my for you page this week, which is the Eras tour. Now you guys know that I wanted to know the information and I wanted to see everybody's outfits and I have concerns and my concerns are that my outfit is not good enough. Like I have a sequin miniskirt, a white bodysuit and white cowboy boots, but like people are literally recreating her outfits. And like, I think those are more the Swifties. So I think it's okay. Like the diehard fans. So I think it's okay if I'm not in like full attire, but I want to make sure my outfit is right. But I will say like two things I saw one, the New York times review, which I thought was so off putting and just like generally cynical, like the man like reviewing her tour who like it, he didn't say he didn't like it, but he was like highly critical of some things and like took time out of his review to just mention songs she didn't play. It's like, OK, we all have favorites that she's not going to play. She just has too many bangers. Like, God fucking forbid she's too talented. And he kind of just like was criticizing it. But like my takeaway whenever I'm looking at it is like. 
this woman is like she not only can drop in and out of completely different genres and for lack of a better phrase eras completely seamlessly but at the same time she is like a powerhouse doing a four-hour concert with hardly any breaks singing dancing doing the whole thing so like I just don't appreciate any criticism I would like only positivity that's number one Number two, everybody else just looks so fucking good and like they're having the best time. And I saw a TikTok being like, I would have had to get airlifted out of Glendale if I was at night one. Like I need to know what I'm in for. Like that is so scary to not know what you need to be prepared for. And I'm like, I agree. Like I cannot believe people saw it without knowing the set list. Like, sorry, I would have passed away. One thing I can't believe is that I really thought she was going to close with you're on your own kid. Right? right I know everyone's agreeing with me but overall I'm just so excited I don't even care like she could just stand there and I would be excited like I'm excited to hear her sing I'm excited to hear her play some of my favorites and all around I think it's gonna be incredible I am gonna track ticket prices for the show that I am going to and if they drop low enough I will do a random giveaway last minute but I'll let you guys know keep up to date on my Instagram and I'm gonna do it there and that's pretty much all for me that's what my for you page is and I'm not complaining in fact I am loving it loving it and lastly I just wanted to remind you guys to keep doing your one journal entry a day like my anxiety has been really bad and I feel like I've been able to talk through things with myself through the process of journaling like my anxiety is not like how it used to be where I was like anxious about my job it's more just like there's so much going on and so much is required of me and I'm in so many different places at once that I feel like I just like haven't had a minute to myself or like a minute to share with like people that I love like independent of work And I just feel overwhelmed and like almost burnt out. And like having the daily ritual of journaling for like 10, 15 minutes has really helped me to get my head on straight and just feel a little bit more whole on a day-to-day basis because there are a lot of things I can't control. Like I can't control the craziness of my schedule right now. I can't control everything going on. I can't control the lack of time I feel I have to spend with myself or with others, but I can control keeping my mind right. And by journaling, I'm really doing that. I've also been trying to get sleep, take my vitamins. I've been taking lots of magnesium lots of ashwagandha you guys know the drill and just getting everything done and like taking it one day at a time and I'm feeling very very grateful very inspired very creative this weather has me just feeling so fucking good like I'm so happy right now about this weather like there's really like it just is it is everything it is the world it is what I need in my life and I am just feeling like sunshine from the inside and I hope you guys are feeling the same way as always whatever you need from me whatever I can give to you get to you whatever you need I fucking love you guys so much beyond anything else and I can't wait for next week I'm gonna try to get in a like solo episode soon I know you guys like those I hope you're not hating these because I'm really really enjoying just like the fun the fun vibes so I love you guys I will see you so very soon, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode with the lovely Lily Kincaid. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be sitting here, and honestly, you're my first ever singer-songwriter guest, which is really exciting for me because I, as a writer that comes from a different like standpoint in writing, I've always been so interested by songwriting. I think it's so incredible. And like, I just have so many questions for you, but please welcome to the show, Miss Lily. It's so good to meet you in person. It You're like so- a Daisy Jones. Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm so excited for that show. I read that book no, in 2020. 
and I'm so excited, but I'm I'm happy to be here. Honored to be the first singer-songwriter Singer of the group. Like, seriously, and you really look like Daisy Jones today. Like, you're pulling yeah. out all the Fleetwood Mac kind of stops, and I, I love the, it. Like, Penny Lane. If you guys though. are listening and you're not yet yeah, so Penny Lane, if you guys are listening and you're not watching, she's wearing, like, this gorgeous, like, fur-lined velvet coat and this, like, purple dress and tights and cool boots. Like, she just looks like a little artist. Tell Thank us you. about you. I want to know about you because I know about you from like an artistic standpoint mm -hmm. and from an internet standpoint, but I like when people get to tell us in their own words, like, who the fuck they are. Who am I? Who am I? I feel like that's a question I like literally ask myself every single day. Yeah, you're day. like, I'm trying to figure As that out, actually, these, girl. Like, existential <laughs> crises. But I, well, I'm 22, just from 22. Start off with the basics. Taylor Swift year, baby. Um, I know, my Taylor Swift. And I feel so old and I have this like panic every day, but I'm like, you know what? No. We're not. I just feel like sometimes we always, I think forever we're always going to feel like that. That we're yeah. always like, oh, we're running out of time. Oh, we should be here. We should yeah. be doing this. And so I've come to the conclusion that I'm never not going to feel that. Yeah. So like just embracing that kind of makes it more fun. Yeah, more fun and less like anxiety creating. Yeah. But I moved to California when I was 14. I grew up in Kansas, normal childhood, no way. public school, like in the suburbs. I would always be singing. I started playing piano when I was in kindergarten and then playing guitar and I was doing like theater. I was doing everything I could. And I knew ultimately when I graduated high school, I was gonna move out to LA. My mom ended up getting a new job. And so I moved out before I started high school. So from the time I was 14 to now, I did online school and was just like writing in sessions, oh, cool. working. So it's crazy because it's like I grew up here, but yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like time time goes by crazy, but it's, yeah, it's like, it's what I've been doing kind of full time since I was 14 and because just now. Because you were in school full time. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you missed out on that or are you kind of like that was the right path? Sometimes, but honestly, I think, I think going to like public middle school and public elementary school, I was like, I think I'm good because usually in high school, I mean, yeah. people are more kind of like doing their own thing and Plus, it was, like, all the time that I wasted. Like, I would do all my school in, like, a day or two days. And then yeah. I had all this time to actually, like, work on my craft. Like, it takes 10,000 hours to get good at something. Yeah. I wrote, like, a thousand bad songs before I ever wrote, like, a good one that I liked. Yeah, and do you feel like you were just, like, born? Like, when you were a little kid, do your parents say they just, you just asked to, like, take singing lessons? Or, like, you wanted to learn instruments? Or, like, what was, like, what was that gravitational pull when you were a child? I, it was just, I think it was just something I always did. Like I was just singing around the house. I would like write things too. I would like make instruments out of like crafts or different things. And I think I was just like, I was always a creative kid. Like my parents tried to put me in sports and I started doing cartwheels in the field. And I was like, yeah. I'm not doing this. I want to be yeah. in dance class. I want to yeah. be like, I think a lot of, a lot of it too is like, I'm an only child. And so a lot of times I was that like person for all of my friends, even growing up where it was like, okay, I was there to make sure they're, they're okay. Like I can't cry because I need them to feel like they have somebody that they can go to. And so like, yeah. I didn't have anybody to like talk, talk to about a lot of my emotions. Yeah. So I would like, as cheesy as it sounds, I would like talk to my guitar. I would like sit on the floor and like write a song on my guitar. That was like me almost talking to myself or talking to like somebody that I trust. It was just like artistic expression. It yeah. was like inherent. I feel like for yeah. a lot of creatives, it's the sort of thing where like, there was no option not to. When people ask, like, how did you get into this? It was like, I was just doing it. Like, yeah. that was just what I was doing my whole life. Like, yeah. even kids that, people that end up being actors, they're like, I was just, like, putting on a little performance, like, every single day of my life. Yeah. No, it's, like, it's so weird to, like, look back because I feel like, but also, too, I feel like everybody has that thing that they did as a child that is their true, like, passion. Because think about it. Mm -hmm. There was no pressure. Nobody was like, you're going to do this or, like, you should do this. It's yes. like, when you were, when you're a kid, like, you don't know... Like, it's almost like you're just listening to your, as cheesy, cheesy as this is, it's like you're listening to your soul. And, like, yeah. all those things that you love to do as a kid, I'm telling you guys, like, 
if you are somebody out there struggling to find what you're passionate about or like unsure, think about what you did as a child. Think about yeah. what made you happy because something in there you can do as your job. Or even if it's like, oh, I used to love like Hannah Montana. Like that was my favorite yeah. show. Like to get yourself back inspired, like watch the old show. Like yes. wa remember what that felt like. Like that niche obsession, that movie, that like thing yeah. that you never put away. Like get back to that like healing your inner child. Because like it's not even like your inner child. It's just like you as a person. The like, inner heal. child is in you. Yeah, it's you just you. like society just destroyed that for us. Yeah. Um, so I have a question I ask all my guests and okay. it's kind of an icebreaker. I think it's fun. I think it's a question a lot of people don't get asked. Um, and that question is, what is your fatal flaw? And it is okay if this is something that you have resolved that you won't be fixing. Like, I'm good. Ooh. Like, my fatal flaw is like, I'm obsessed with XYZ or I do this a lot or like I sleep in every day and I'm not fixing it. I don't want to. It's okay if it's... Oh, okay. Fatal, fatal flaw. Um, fatal flaw. Well, this might be kind of deep, but not really. But I am horrible with confrontation. Okay. And so, like, that is something I've had to work on is, like, setting boundaries. Yeah. Like, I would avoid it at all costs to be like, hey, I do not want you to do this. And yeah. it would cause all these other problems. And I'm like, it's my own fault, though. And so, like, then I'll get resentful. And then I'll hold in things. So, like, that is one thing that I'm like, okay, I know that is not to my benefit that I've had to, like, intentionally work on. Yeah. But then... I also think all the things we don't like about ourselves, even the bad things, like you can like, there is something good about it. Like yeah. even me, like if I was a confrontational person, I don't think I would write music because I wouldn't have anything to say if I said it all. If you said it all to people's yeah. faces. Yeah, I feel that. I'm also a really non-confrontational person. And honestly, like I've resolved to the fact that I'm not interested in being a confrontational person, but I know that because it's something that's like a detriment, like I can't yeah. really, I struggle with standing up for myself. Like people on my team, like my agents are highly confrontational yeah. people and I know that about them and I knew that about them when I first met them and it felt like a great fit because I was like something that I lack they have and like that's why this is going to be like fitting like a puzzle where yes. like I can't really stand up for myself that well and it makes me uncomfortable to do so and I come off sometimes as being like too nice and yeah. these people are going to like bitch anyone out for me and that's what I need and sometimes like, no I feel that too especially too when it's something creative it's kind of hard because it's like sometimes a lot of times when there's not like a physical like product or something it can be like weird because you're like it almost feels like not that you're like putting down yourself but it is weird when you start talking about even when like in terms of like my manager when you're like negotiating things it, it is yeah. weird because it's like you and so it yeah. is just like I totally get that but I think it's it's smart to identify it so then you can find a team around you find friends that are you know complimentary to you find a boyfriend find a girlfriend like so then that way you can like make each other better yeah I love that how has it been like finding friends because I feel like for a lot of people that did like the typical stereotypical thing where they weren't homeschooled, they went to, you know, high school and then they went to college and et cetera, et cetera. You're finding friends like in those places that are formed because they're formed perfectly, like institutionally formed so that people come together. How was it finding friends and making friends and you didn't have those like institutions and structures that were like, here's how you make friends? Because I feel like for a lot of people navigating finding new friends in the adult world in terms of being 22 is what you've been doing for like 10 years yes so it's like I do feel like grateful now but it was definitely hard I remember being 14 and moving here and like I would have acting class so I would meet a lot of other kids my age and like my school program was like for actors and young professionals so like I would like one of my long-term best friends like I met her at an acting class but we also went to the same high school and like um but I feel like it just taught me to be very intentional. Like, it wasn't like I was going to see these people every single day. I had to be like, oh, maybe I would see them once a week at class, but I had to tell them like, hey, like, let's go get lunch. Let's go get coffee. And we had to like plan yeah. it. And so I think it always showed me that like, you know, a lot of times we always are like, no one's texting us. No one wants to hang out with me. It's like, okay, but like, you got to do that too. Yeah. Like, it is a two-way street. And like, 
for like you need to make sure that you know you're not always the one reaching out like it should be a mutual thing but like it should be mutual and so like don't be afraid to like if there's a person that you're like oh I really like hanging out with them in a group setting like invite them to lunch it's not weird I don't know why we've made it so weird to like show that we care I always say this but like this is a realization I had my senior year of college like I would walk into class in college and sit down and I would not talk to anyone I would wait for the professor Mm -hmm. unless I had a friend in the class that was like a pre-friend but a lot of my classes that weren't theatrically based I didn't have friends in and and I didn't wasn't that I didn't want to friends but I was kind of like I don't have to it's fine I don't want to say hi and I would watch other people specifically like other girls and other women like walking into the class and turning to the person next to them and be like hey like my name's Sarah and like how not weird that is to do but I had internalized it as like the creepiest thing I could possibly do is introduce myself to a stranger that's sitting next to me in a class who by the way will be sitting next to me in this class for the next 12 weeks like mm-hmm. it is so fucking normal to be like hi I'm Eli and if somebody thought that that was weird that you introduced yourself, they're the that, weird one. Yeah, that's their problem. It's like, yeah. I don't know why we, like, maybe it's because of social media or because of, like, everyone's on their phones. But, like, I don't know. I want to, like, start talking to strangers again or just being nice. I feel like sometimes you walk yeah. down the street and nobody even says hi. Everyone's, like, just staring down. And I'm like, you know what? No, like, let's bring back smiling. Let's bring back, like, yeah. being kind. It's not a weird thing to do. And, like, you never know what is going to happen because you just said hi to somebody. Yeah, that's so true. You never know, like, what doors you're going to open, like, yeah. who that person's going to be. I love that. That's so fun. Are your friends now like in entertainment and in music or are they from all walks of life? Like what do you prefer? My friends are kind of from all walks of life, but I would say they're very, we have very similar mindsets. I'm somebody who like, it doesn't matter what they do. It's more of a mindset thing, meaning like people who are dedicated, who know what they're, know what they're doing and are on the same, I always say it's like life arenas. Yeah. Because I have I've always had friends who are way older than me just because I feel like I have been like an old soul and grew up really fast. But then I have a lot of good friends that are younger than me. And at one point it it may have been like, I was kind of like mentoring them, but then you know what, a couple of years down the line, now we're like at a friend place. But I, it is mainly like, I feel like I'm in the same life arena. All my friends know what they want to do with their life, I feel like, or at least have their passion or their career that they're working towards because I feel like that way we're able to, like, support each other. Yeah, and you can lift each other up. Yeah, and you can can understand what someone's going through versus, like, if you're still trying to explore that, that's great, but it's, like, you're going to go through different problems and different, you know, hardships versus somebody who knows what career they want to do. Yeah, I love that. So your TikTok username is some sort of iteration of music you listen to with the car when it goes down. (laughs) Can you tell me what what is music that you listen to with the car windows down? Besides my own music, it's like embarrassing, but you know what? No, we need to be our own biggest fans. My music has been on my top Spotify wrapped every single year for the past like four years, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of embarrassing, but you know what? No, it is not embarrassing because yeah. I would not make music if I didn't want to listen, listen to, to it. it. And you didn't like it, yeah. Exactly, but I'm a big, I'm a big Swifty. I love some good like 1989 Speak Now with the windows down. Yeah. Um, I love Lana Del Rey. I love Ethel Kane. Okay. Ethel Kane is, I told everybody like a year and a half ago, I was like, Ethel Kane is going to be so big. And now yeah. she's finally getting to be big. And I'm so That's happy so for exciting. her. Um, what else do I like? I also love Hannah Montana as well. Hannah, Mon- Hannah Montana was my first concert I went to. Oh my God. So she was like the uh, impetus. She was no, like the really. her today. Yes, I was. I went with my mom. It was 2000. It was the Best of Both Worlds tour where oh the God, Jonas Brothers so opened. Good. I went with my mom and I remember it, that was, I was in kindergarten, I think. That's why even um, I think I started like singing and being involved in that because like my parents didn't have we didn't have cable at all. Yeah. And I remember being in the lunchroom in kindergarten and everybody was singing the best of both worlds. They were singing these songs from Hannah Montana. And I was like, what is that? You're like, what is that? I can't. And I, that. I came home and I was like, mom, we got to get we got to right. get Disney Channel. We got to yeah. get Hannah Montana. And I'm so grateful that we had that like those good like shows growing up because they were so yeah. like, I don't know, like they just don't make shows like that anymore. They don't sadly. make shows like that anymore. Do you have like 
any guilty pleasure music that you listen to where you're like, I don't really tell people about this, but like I love XYZ. Honestly, I literally tell people about everything because it's yeah. I feel like it's kind of embarrassing what I listen to. I like my thing is like everything to me. I like everything unless I love something. Like it's okay, hard for me yeah. to like in a sense of people are like, oh, like what do you think about this place? I'm like, oh, it's neutral. Like everything is yeah. neutral to me unless I really care about it. I feel like, like keeping positive eyes. Yeah, just because it's like I can also with music. It's so weird because I see it from like. I see it like almost like subjectively from the place of like an artist. So it's like, yeah. it's hard for me to not like something because I'm like, well, yeah, I don't I like it, it, but yeah. I get it because it's like to them, that that's was what like they wanted. That was like creative process. Yeah. Okay. So Taylor Swift, you're a big Swifty. Have you seen her live before? I have seen her live. Oh my God. And I'm going to the Eras tour. I'm so excited. My well, mom and I go. It's like our tradition. We where go together. are you? What city? I'm going in Nashville. Okay, fun. That's a good one. I'm very excited. That's a really good one. I was thinking like the best ones are going to be like Nashville. And then, like, New York is probably going to be really great. Yeah. But it was, like, similarly for the Beyonce tour. I was, like, Ooh. I want to get tickets in Houston. Like, the hometown. It will just like be, like, so good. fun. But I couldn't. It was just, like, too crazy. I didn't. It I was, New York like, getting concert tickets is so wild. It was never yeah. like this. Like, it's wild. No, it's wild. Honestly, though, like, I'm happy for the artists. Like, even SZA. Yeah. Like, I love SZA. I was, like, I will be attending this as a concert. I look at the tickets. I'm, like, I will not be attending this I will as a not concert. Be I'm, like, I literally already gave an arm and a leg for Beyonce. Like, I can't. But like I'm depressed. Like, but you I'm, never know. You know. Yeah. You know what? You never know. Maybe a ticket's gonna come into your life. Yeah, I gotta monitor it. I have like a lot of upcoming concerts though. Like I'm yeah. seeing. I'm obsessed with Chris Stapleton. I don't know how you. Oh no! Music. I love. I love country music. I, I have a place in Nashville. King. I have a place. Really? In, did you know that? I know. I at the beginning of 2020, just randomly, I ended up getting a place in Nashville and was starting to go back and forth, and then. Yeah. The pandemic happened. Ended up quarantining there. But I love country music and the songwriting. Like, the Nashville songwriting yeah. made my songwriting a million times better. Yeah. But I love – country music is so good. Yeah, no, country music is so good. Chris Stapleton, like, he's my guy. Like, I will be, be seeing him at the Houston Rodeo. I'm very excited. Um, but what is, like, your all-time favorite Taylor Swift album? Oh, all-time favorite album? It's so difficult because I'm like, they're all so good. Like, I'm a big – I feel like I first really, really fell in love with Taylor Swift. I was a little young when, like, Fearless came out. Like, I listened to it, but I, it was a little young. But it was probably Speak Now. Yeah. So it's so hard because, like, you know, but I'm also a 1989 girly. Like, yeah. I'm such a pop girly that I love that. But uh, it's so hard to pick. But probably, like, Speak Now or 1989. Okay, those are your top two. Yeah. I'm, I love Lover. And I, like, I want justice for her. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like that album didn't get what it deserved to the full capacity of what it deserved. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many, like, nuggets of good. I feel like it's so, people think of it as her kind of, like, bubble gummy, like, everything sounds the same. And I'm like, no, it it has no, so it's really much good. range. The and the live from there. Paris. Um, did you see the vinyls? The heart yes. shaped. And I did so not get good. them. They're gorgeous. That. And then I also love Reputation. And, like, people are, like, I, so. Oh, I love Reputation. People are, like, so crazy about it. I'm like, no, this is ultimately. No, it's so, it. it's a love album. People don't understand. Like Reputation is not a Reputation album. It's a love album. All the Reputation is like one of the most love albums. I yeah, would say. No, all those songs from um, New Year's Day and like all those songs. No, they're so good. Okay, what's your favorite off of Reputation? If you could only listen to one. That's such a good question. What's Dive Bar on the East Side? Are you De right? delicate, delicate? Delicate. Yeah, delicate. Oh, or so um, Getaway Car. Classic. My favorite Taylor Swift song ever is Death by a Thousand Cuts. <gasps> Death by a Thousand Cuts. It's the Death by a Thousand Cuts live from Paris. It's the best oh song my god. Ever. It's, it's my favorite like, song ever, like by her. It's, it's like so it's good. Death by a Thousand Cuts. But like I also I'm I love Midnights. Like I'm Me not, too, like, me too, me no, me too. Midnights is not as like canonized for me at this point where it's not like in my soul, in my body yet. But I do love it. Yeah. And I think it'll I'll get there with it. Like You'll get there are there. a couple songs on that album that I'm like, this is her best work. 
it's really good because people don't, people were expecting folklore. And I'm like, no, this is what Taylor Swift I, does. I'm gonna Each thing is like different. an anti folklore evermore. Like not fully anti. There's like maybe five songs yeah. like collectively. I'm just like very meh about it. Like it's very yeah. meh for me. Like they all sound the same, and like I just am like, eh. Like it's just like the different eh. stories of it. There's yeah. just different like. That's but that's what I love about Taylor's like the songwriting is what is her. You can add yeah. different production. People are like, oh, this doesn't sound like Taylor. I'm like, because she's never no, she's, she's, she's always like, done this. She's, she's always done this. Proven to people like one million times over that she yeah. can do any genre. Like she's at her core, she's a songwriter that then sings. Like I yeah. think she would even admit that she's not like the most strong or talented singer. Like she's not Ariana Grande with the singing. Yeah. What makes her special? What makes her Taylor Swift is that she's a genius songwriter. She's yeah. a genius creative in that in that way and I would say like if she was just singing other people's songs people would be like who okay yeah. like you know what I mean but like her she's the most genius songwriter of our generation that's what makes her she's special really, so like, we were like so this good. doesn't sound like her I'm like she's a songwriter she can write the whatever the fuck she wants yeah. songs like and I'm like matter. it's her writing them like what do you mean it doesn't sound like her it's yeah. her writing them but yeah but Midnight's Midnight's I managed to get um two songs off of Midnight's in my top five of the year oh, and the album wow. came out in October Wait, so what were they <laughs> it was uh Lavender Haze and Midnight Rain. Okay, interesting. So I think we have different tastes. I like those ones. I'm I like would have could have should have. Okay, so good. Love that one. Love Paris. Love um You're on Your Own Kid. Of classic. And I love Karma. Oh, I love Karma. Kar like Karma's so good. Yeah. They're all so good. That's the thing. Like, I like I could literally recite to you every single lyric from the entire album. Like, yeah, it's so no, good. It's so and so Snow good. on the Beach. People did not like I love Snow on the Beach. Okay, I, I think people it. were a bit confused. I don't think that the intention was to have Lana like vocaling, being a vocal queen on that track. I think the intention was that they co-wrote it. No, she did. Lana, uh, in, her, like in her interview magazine that just came out, or yeah. like the interview that just came out, she said that she was doing a lot of the production and the songwriting, and she goes, if I knew I was the only feature on it, I would have sang the second verse, but I just wanted to do the production and yeah, work on the songwriting. Just, I was like, people were hating, like people really People were hating. going, Lana, the Lana stands were going feral, and I'm like, pull back for like five seconds and just consider Consider. Yeah, consider. Consider that she might have written this song. Yeah. Which is why I would still say featuring, because she still had a big part in creating yeah. it. Perhaps, consider this, even a larger part than if she had sang eight lines. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's like if Lana wanted to sing, she would have sang. Yeah. If she didn't want to do it, she didn't she wouldn't have to do it it's not like somebody forced also, lana to it do it sounds like a lana del rey song exactly as it sounds like a taylor swift song that lana del rey wrote no exactly but now all the comments are like oh we, we perhaps we were too harsh on taylor and i'm like, I'm like well yeah perhaps you guys didn't even sometimes people just don't use their head like i'm like use your brain for we, four seconds what we talked before we are like like i don't know what happened but nobody ever is like a problem solver anymore like it, yeah. i'm trying to like get people to be a problem solver because i'm like yeah i worry i fear also, for the future it's like <laughs> do you really think do you really think one of the most famous artists of our generation is going to release a song in which that that is meant to be a duet because everybody for some reason yeah. thought this was going to be a duet do you really think Taylor Swift's going to release a song that's just her singing and put featuring Lana Del Rey? No. no. Clearly, Lana did something else. Yeah. Clearly. I was literally like, these people are going absolutely. Twitter was like. I think people hellscape. just like having something to like. Be annoyed about. Yeah. Because to be honest, when you don't, like I've experienced this where it's like, okay, the toxic artist like trope is a real thing where you like, I would like cause problems in my life so that I would have things to fix. And I'm like, I think 
like I'm aware of that and like <laughs> trying not to do that anymore. But like I think in terms of just like the general population, I feel like a lot of us do that or we yeah. put our attention on something because like it is scary when life is like good. Yeah. Like there's a Casey Musgrave song, Happy and Sad. It's like one of my favorite songs at the Wait, same I time. I love Casey Musgrave. Oh, I love her so much. But yeah. that song, I'm like, I feel that way all the time where it's like sometimes when things are so good that you worry like, okay, like how long is this? gonna last and yeah. so if you don't have to feel it if you can be annoyed with this or like talking about the latest gossip or something it is easier but it's not easier in the long run yeah and so sometimes it's like the harder things are gonna make your life easier if you just do it now yeah I want to talk about your own music but first I want to ask you a question that I think is also an amazing first date question what are your top five favorite albums of all time uh, I'll try to think about mine too so okay yeah think well. about yours okay wait I love this I love this so much okay top five I already I already have a, a lot of them, but top five I'm of like all time. I'm going to Spotify while we're doing this. Um, this is in no particular order. Okay. But for me, it would have to be, I'm thinking of the vinyls that I have. Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Oh. That, oh, that's so good. Also Born to Die. I don't even know. Oh, also Born to Die. Honestly, both of those two deserve to be in there. Yes. Also Born to Die. Um, I would have to say 1989 by Taylor Swift. Okay. We love. I love Heard It in a Past Life by Maggie Rogers. Oh, that's good. And... Uh, the, uh, out of the last two, okay, I have two of the last ones. I'm kind of cheating, but I have two of the last ones. One would be Golden Hour, Casey Musgraves. I love that album. She's such a queen. It's so, yeah, so good. I went and saw her twice that year and it was just, oh, her voice too in person. Yeah. Like it, it sounds like it has auto-tune. Like it's literally just it's perfect. It's perfect. And her writing is so good. Like Space Cowboy, so good. She's so good. Um, and then also I would say probably, um, I love goddess by banks okay okay yeah i love that i'm gonna give you mine mine are way different okay. but i think it's I'm fun excited. so born this way but like deluxe okay the gaga deluxe. needs to be deluxe because born this way has born this way the country road the country remix and it is like it has this like country sounding guitar in the back you gotta go listen it to it good. so they just remixed it with like a country flair it's a good song to listen to in the car with the windows down. It is only on the deluxe. It's only on the deluxe. Okay. Um, Lady Gaga's my girl, though. She's my, I'm that's your number one. She's my number one. One of my best friends is like that is her. Like, right. so I, I like, like hear all the lore I would from die about Lady Gaga. Woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that, and then probably Joanne also. Like, I would have to do both, and then Beyonce. I would say four probably, but I don't know. Like four is just the album that I find that I listen to the most songs over and over. But like, I would say objectively, Renaissance is a better album. Or like objectively. Lemonade might be a better album, yeah. but I, Beyonce's my number but two. you like the... Yeah, four, I would say. And then, I don't know what Chris Stapleton album I would pick. He's kind of, like, new to the list. Like, I just love Ooh. him. He brings me so much joy. Probably Starting Over or Traveler. I don't know which. He's my guy. I fucking love him. I would be remiss if I didn't include Taylor Swift, but, like, for me, my Taylor Swift listening, it feels like it's on another plane where, like, yeah. I just, like, really love her music, but I don't go feral. Like, I go feral for Lady Gaga and Beyonce, like... I like I'm twitching on the ground like I, at the Lady Gaga That's concert with I sobbed like, the whole concert just like I was hysterical at Chromatica and like Chromatica is not even a hysterical concert but I was hysterical because yeah. I'm like I'm in the same space as her like no that's literally she's, like what, so yeah yeah and I like I, feel. I and I love Taylor Swift like she's my number three yeah. every day of the week like I love all of her music but I don't know if like I don't know if I'm like feral you know what I mean yeah but if I if I was gonna add her in I would probably say lover and if I wasn't going to add her in I would likely say either a Glee cast album or some like original Broadway cast, but I feel like that's Love. just like lame. I feel like people are like, no, don't it's not say lame. that shit. It's but not lame. If I gave you my actual top five favorite albums, it would all be original Broadway casts, but it's hard to relate to that. Like, you know, people yeah. are like, okay, that's interesting. And it's the kind of thing where like, 
I feel like if I'm at a party or with I'm, I'm with my friends, like we're listening to like a Taylor Swift album, like on yeah. repeat in the apartment before I'm like, let's turn on the original Broadway cast of Gypsy the Musical. They're like, what is probably that? not. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So I think that I'm, I'm kind of like a closet music listener where like, mm. if I have something in my headphones, it's either Glee cast or Broadway. Okay, love that. You can't really catch me with something else unless it's Taylor Swift, Beyonce, or Gaga, or Chris Stapleton. I'm, like, kind of weird. But but you know what you like. Yes, I know what I like, and, like, I was saying this recently, and I'm sure you feel the similar way about music. Like, there is nothing in my life, like, no thing, no person that makes me feel the way that musical theater does. Like, Mm -hmm. musical theater moves me to a point beyond that I've, like, never been to. And, like, I fucking love my boyfriend. I would die for my friends. (laughs) I would take a bullet for my brother's. I do not. Musical theater makes me feel like ice in my veins. It's like a drug. It's a drug. And I'm sure you (laughs) feel that way about music in general. Um, Okay. Well, that was a fun little game. But I want to talk a little bit about your music. Um, Tell me a little bit about, like, what inspires you to write music. My music is literally just – it's kind of like a diary in a sense. Since I am writing everything, and even if I have co-writers, I'm still actively writing it. It is kind of like my thoughts. And I'll either – the way I write songs, it's different every time, but I'll either have like a title or a hook or something where I'm like, oh, that's cool. I've never heard that before that I write. Or it'll just be like I'll sit down at the piano or the guitar and I'll just be improving. Yeah. And then eventually I'm like somewhere in there, like all the things I am too afraid to say or don't know how to put into words will somehow trickle into like what I'm playing. And then I'll listen back and like turn it into a song. But, yeah. you know, just growing up, life, yeah. boys. Friends, all the things. All the things. Do you prefer piano over guitar, or vice versa? For writing, is one easier? They're uh, they're both they're both they're both interesting. They're both different in a sense. I p- piano is the first instrument I played, so it's just more like innate. But yeah. Then, like I feel like when I write songs on the guitar, I get a different vibe too. Okay. Yeah. Also, the guitar you can like bring with you, so it's easier. But I think they're both kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. And do you like if inspiration strikes you? Will you like start recording on your phone? Do you write things oh, yeah. down? Like, kind of, what does that look like? <laughs> I'm crazy, and I have literally four thousand voice notes on my okay, phone. Yeah. I have like a hundred thousand videos because sometimes, like, if I'm pl- driving and plugged in with directions, I can't do a voice memo, so I'll like record a video and yeah, all the time. I'll be like at a party, I'll go to the bathroom. Yeah, it, it'll be the most random, but I'm like, I have to write this. You're down. like, I just had a random thought. I have like to write my notes it down. app is like, I need to organize it. It's so yeah. cluttered with like random like sentences or like, oh, this is a cool like rhyme scheme or something. I think a lot of writers are like that because someone recently asked me how many um, phone notes I have, and I was like, I don't know, like 2,080. Is that a lot? And they were like, Are you They're fucking like, yes. okay? And I was like, I said this on my podcast last week, but I wrote my book like with the notes app like I wrote everything down that happened like in college in the, in the notes app smart and so when I and I didn't even like I'm always doing myself favors like that I don't realize like, I but did future future you was future me you. was like no future me sitting there writing this book was like god bless you for writing this shit yeah. down you wouldn't have remembered so it's like you have to it's it's the writer's survival guide is like you have to writing write it down and, and I would note it I'll recommend journaling. I have been journaling. And when I say journaling, I journal like two pages every single day, morning and night. Yeah. And I have since 2019. And it okay. changed my life. It literally, like I'm crazy yeah. about my journals, but it changed my life because I never, I've always wanted to be a journal girl. I was like, oh, yeah. it's so cute how people like have their little journal. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And thank goodness I did because it like literally saved me throughout the pandemic. Yeah. But it's just so, also in a sense of like, yes, when you're working on something, you want to go back. But then for me, it's been really great to help with like, it's like accountability almost so like every couple months I'll look back and I'll be like how did I feel during this period okay who was I hanging out with what was I doing like what made me feel bad yeah because then I can see and it's like objective from a place of like neutral I guess like when looking back at it so it helped me like you know maybe I don't want to hang out with those people anymore because I never really felt good or I was always feeling anxious or maybe I 
when I was super happy, what was I doing? Yeah. And then it can kind of help you, you know? Yeah, I love that. Do you live alone? Do you have roommates? I live alone in Nashville and I'm grateful my parents live in LA. So I'm like free, yeah. <laughs> free rent free here. Rent. I'm doing that. Free rent Wait, here. Also, that's kind of the dream because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not a live alone type of girl. I think it, I would love it in the sense mm -hmm. of having my own space, but I would never go anywhere because like human interaction yeah. inspires me to like interact with other humans because I'm very introverted at a deep level. But you're not living with roommates who would be annoyed or you would be having to like work around their schedules in terms of like writing and singing and like all those kinds of things because yeah. like it's like low-key rude to be making a lot of noise if someone's working yeah. from home. But the fact that it's your parents is that you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, and so I feel like, and my dogs are out here. And like being an only child, it's also interesting too. I realized recently too that I'm so much more introverted. Like I'm such, and like realizing that yeah. made me feel like, not less bad, but like I'm a very, like I love reading. Like all I do is I, I literally tell people, I'm like, all I do is I like, I'll be like in the studio writing songs. I go to the beach. I go on drives. I'm reading books, yeah. making pasta, or like hanging out with my dogs or, or like my few friends. Like I'm very yeah. much like a creature of habit. I like that. And so like I feel like I'm just lucky to to like have my own space. But I also feel like it is good to like be able to have your own safe space to go back to. Yeah. Especially because you know it's the world is so unpredictable. What we're doing is is always different. So there's not a lot of consistency in and in, in like my life and what I do and even where I am physically. Yeah. So like, it is nice to kind of like go back and have like my little like safe space, which yeah, is fun. I love that. Do you have like a process when it comes to writing? When it comes to writing. Or like a rituals or anything. Some, uh, not really any rituals. I will always record everything. People like always record everything. Cause I'm telling you, I always end up going back to like the first instinct melody or lyric that you had. Usually like I'll be in a session with like me and a producer and we'll come up with all these ideas. We settle on something and then I'll listen back to the voice memo. And, like, and we, we settled on the beginning melody because there's something about like going with your instinct that always is right. Yeah. So like always record that. Like don't be, it is weird, but like the things that you think of naturally when you're not trying are the things that are like really good. I love that. That's that's awesome. And do you have like a preference for what time of day that you're writing or is it kind of just whenever? It's kind of whenever. It is true. It's like I always say it's like you know the saying like happiness is a butterfly. It is similar to that where it's like you're not going to have it forever that idea so you either need to take it and use it. Yeah. Write it down or work on it a little bit because it will start to like flow even when I'm recording vocals like all of the vocals on my songs I don't like recutting vocals because whenever I'm writing it and um you know there's obviously like demo production and stuff but like I like the emotion in my voice yeah from when I'm writing it because it's different when yeah. I'm like three yeah. months later or down yeah. the line yeah I like that so obviously this industry like comes with a lot of like rejection and failure and like trial and error like how have you managed to handle that <laughs> and like how have you overcome that stuff as you're like because I feel like it's like a claw to the top. Like you're oh, literally for sure. like scaling a big mountain. Like holy shit. Like and the top is like, you know, Taylor Swift and whatnot. How are like how do you manage that? I feel like it's so cr just crazy. No, it is crazy. It is it is crazy. And to be honest, like I I'm I'm a person of faith, so like it's definitely God that is doing that in my life. Because to be honest, I don't even know. Yeah. But. I would say that's like I am a problem solver and I've, that's always been like instilled with me since I was younger. It's like if there's something you want, like why not you? You can make it happen. You can find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And truly, I think just I've had that mindset since I was um, in elementary school. My second, yeah. There's like a saying I always say like on my Instagram and stuff. And it's today is a wonderful day. I'm confident because I'm a problem solver. I always have options because I choose to be optimistic. Today I will learn something new, laugh and make a difference in someone else's life. And my second grade teacher, Mrs. Goncher, she like – 
how to say that affirmation to second graders every single day. Yeah. And she's a close family friend now. Like she has my childhood piano at her house. And so like I've started saying that a lot. And it is so true. Like I'm just very lucky to like have that instilled instilled in me since I was little. But like it's never too late to have that yeah. mindset of like, I don't know, sometimes we feel like we're stuck and it's like we have the power to like change it. Like it yeah. truly is us. Like if there's something you want, like why not you? Yeah, I love that. Um right before Lily was here, we were I was recording with Dom and Dom and I were talking about affirmations mm -hmm. and like Dom is obsessed with affirmations yeah. and she was talking about how just like saying things out loud and like writing them down like how that's like changed her life and her mental health, which like it, no it really has. And I think it's like so simple and I'm a big simplicity girl like when something is like crazy, I make things as simple as they can possibly be. So if I'm like freaking out about a first date, I like boil it down to the simplest level. Like, what is this? This is two people I've never met before getting a drink. This is nothing. This is the simplest yeah. moment. It is two people. The outcomes are either we go and do this a second time or we don't. And yeah. if we don't, I'll have a story to tell about it. So there's actually there's no nothing. loss. There's nothing. There's nothing. And so I'm a big simplicity girl. I make things as simple as they can possibly be. And I think it's really simple. Affirmations are a really simple way yeah. to raise your spirits and like raise you up out of something bad. Yeah. And I think it also can like give you perspective. Like it, it can kind of like just take you out of your head because it's like, okay, I've definitely been in those times too, whether it be like, you know, where I'm having these really bad negative thoughts and then I'm like anxious and don't want to like talk to anybody, yeah. but like affirmations and even to just being like, intentional about it doing things that like your future self will thank you for like for me I know like there's certain times and periods where I'm like I am feeling really depressed or I don't want to talk to anybody so I'll like schedule a hike with a friend even if it's for yeah. two weeks later yeah I'm like and I don't want to go I'm like okay I have the accountability and I know my future self is going to be like okay thank you Lily oh, for doing that because it's yeah. like you know what if you feel bad like it is your responsibility to make yourself feel better yeah it's nobody else's job it's your it's your job to either seek help or work on yourself on your own and yeah. like I feel like I don't, at least it's becoming more normal because it's nothing to be ashamed of. But I think it's like, you know, my biggest like pet peeve is when people like play the victim mentality or like the complaining thing. Cause I'm like, you know, we all have issues. Like everybody yeah. we know is going through something, but the fact that you can go through that and get better and then have that to share and help other people who are going through that is actually like a beautiful thing. And so nothing is wasted. Yeah. I love that. So there's also obviously like a big competitive aspect here in the music industry, especially in LA and like comparison. Yeah. And I know that like being someone on the internet, I feel that, but it's definitely different for you because being on the internet, like there's a million bajillion different ways you can do something. There's kind of like a path, like, you know, like yeah. there's a path. Like I remember Olivia Rodrigo saying like, I'm going to do smaller spaces before I play stadiums because I don't want to skip steps because there are steps. Yeah. How do you manage that like competitiveness or comparison in general? To be honest, I don't really compare myself to anybody else, but I feel like that is a mindset that I had to work on for a while. Yeah. Because I realized you have to lean into your your what makes you different and special, yeah. And like for me that took it was probably on my 19th birthday was probably when I wrote the song. So it took five years of writing for me to figure out, okay, what is my, my writing? What is Lily's writing? Yeah. Because that is the one thing, like who you are as a person, no matter what your job is, like that is the one thing you can't take away. A record yeah. label can give you a better song. They can put better um, outfits on you. They can get a better photographer. They can do all that. But like your soul and who you are as a person and the way you view the world, your perspective is the thing that is so rare. Like nobody can yeah. be me. So like, I'm not worried because I'm not judging my career, how it's doing based off like, Oh, is a song getting a lot of streams? Anyone's song can get a lot of streams. I'm like, am I actually like getting to like meet people and talk to them and, and hopefully impact them. But I think it's honestly like, I just try to be, this is so, so cheesy, but like, I just try to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. And like, 
I always like keep in mind, I always keep this in mind too, that like luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And so like, if there's something you want and you believe it's going to happen, do not wait for somebody else to tell you that, that you're worthy of that or that you're capable of it. You can do it today. And like the right people will find you. Yeah. And, like even everybody who's listening to this or watching this, I'm like, you have a phone. We're already in the top 80% of the people in the world. Cause we yeah. have technology. We have a phone, yeah. we have Wi-Fi. Like you can start don't wait for somebody else to tell you. Start posting whatever it is on the internet, you know? Yeah. Share it because you never know who it's gonna who's gonna really? see it. And either yeah. it's gonna help you out or it's gonna change somebody else's life. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. What are what are your like biggest music dreams? Like what is like, you know, some people dream of the Grammys, some people dream of, you know, the billboard charts, Ooh. some people dream of, you know, selling out a stadium, a specific place that you would wanna play. Like, what are your biggest music dreams? Definitely having a number one song. Like yeah. definitely just having a number like number one song. Okay, that was that's one. My second one is I want to play like sold out at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay, love just, that. Just like at sunset. Like I just it's that's just special. so like yeah. special in LA. And then also this is like a really weird. I've never had this experience. This is not necessarily big, but like I want to pull up to a red light and like have the car next to me be playing my song. Oh yeah, that's like really just cute. like with the windows down and like you can hear yeah. them. And yeah. just like because it's on the radio or something. Like I just like that's special. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that situation in a very much smaller way happens to me when I run into girls who are listening to the podcast like when I run into them and they're like they're like oh my god <laughs> I no, manifest this you? has happened maybe like three or four times at max in the last two That's years cool but it's my it's like actually like it's kind of creepy like not creepy like they're being creepy but it's like weird how the universe works like, oh, it's like how the yeah. fuck am I standing in the CVS it happened in a CVS waiting for my prescription and you who are buying contact solutions see me with your headphones in and you turn your phone and you're listening to my podcast like how does that make you're sense like, <laughs> like it's just like weird serendipity vibes but like that always makes my day to like a whole nother level I'm like how did that just happen like that's yeah. a weird life because experience. I think it's I think there's a lot more of that we're just not paying attention to it like yeah. one of my favorite movies like I love the movie uh, Serendipity I love that movie yeah um, from 2001 and I just I think that you know like there's so much like little magic and like the universe God whatever it is you believe in there's like giving you signs that it's like okay you're right where you need to be I think we just gotta like open our eyes to them yeah because there's a reason why we have to pay more attention yeah pay closer attention that's a really good reminder yeah I'm curious who are you outside of music? I think a lot of times, and I feel this way, we get pigeonholed to like something that we are, something that we do, but like we have tons of other interests. Like I was talking to an author last week and I asked her who she was outside of it and she was like, I'm obsessed with trees. Like trees are my best friend. I'm like, nobody would really know that from my books, but like I literally just like go and like be with nature. Like I love trees. Nature I love like moss. I love leaves. And I was like, see, I, see, you just told me something about yourself and she was like telling me about her like favorite food or something. And I was like, yeah. see, now I'm picturing you sitting on the ground eating Thai food, thinking about the next time you're going to see trees. Like, and now I know you. Yeah. Who are you outside of music? Like, what are these things? Like, what are this, the stuff that keeps you up at night that has nothing to do with your job? I love making memes. Memes? Okay, yeah. Like, no, I love, I feel, like, I feel like you're yeah. a little meme girly too. Yeah. I just like love memes. I love, um, I love pasta. I worked at the, I had a lot of jobs before, um, like I, before the pandemic and then I started like just working on my music full time. But like I worked at uh, the Studio City Farmer's Market for like four years every weekend from like 5 a.m. to. That's so fun. We'll be closed. And it was so fun. It was my favorite job I've ever had. Okay, love it. Um, Cause like I would have all this food. And so I learned how to like cook and I was like raw vegan for a period of time. And I would make all these crazy like vegetable dishes and like yeah. fruit dishes. And I think it's just so fun. And um, what else is about me? I love pasta. I love. I'm a big, okay, I watch a lot of TV. Okay. Like, I've probably seen every single TV show. Yeah. Because I love, like, I love, I don't know, I just love stories. Like, yeah. honestly, like, I also wanted to be a forensic scientist for a period. This is a strange it. period of my life. But, yeah. like, I love, like, psychological thrillers or, like, 
murder, not like murder, but like murder, um, like murder mysteries or just yeah. anything of that nature. In middle school, I was like, I, I remember like checking out all these books at the library and being obsessed with it just because I thought it was like so fascinating how they put things together. But I, yeah. I mean, it still makes sense with what I do now. I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. putting puzzle pieces together and like making it make sense. Yeah. But, but yeah, outside of music, I'm a really simple gal. I have two little rescue dogs. So I like spending time with them. I like going hiking. Yeah. I like going to the beach. I like to listen to Taylor Swift. I like to read books. Yeah. I like matcha. No, I kind of it. it. Basic. What um, are your favorite TV shows? Favorite Severance. Okay. okay. If, if anybody have I haven't you, watched it. Oh my god, it is so good. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. I one thing I feel like I am on is like I always somehow before things are trendy, I somehow like get into it. You're like into it. Not that I'm like yeah. predicting the trends, but I kid you not. Like even with the Lululemon fanny packs, I was wearing one of those in 2019. Yeah. And people are like, "Why are you wearing that?" And I'm like, "No, it's just easy to put everything in." And then I'm like, yeah. "Now they're sold out, and you can't even get one." Now you can't even get one. But yeah. Severance. Season one started airing. It's on Apple TV. It started airing last year on my birthday, I remember. And it is so good. It's um with, what's his name? Adam Scott. Okay. Is like the lead guy in it. And it's Ben Stiller's production company. But it's basically talking about like the severance. It, the storyline is like these people, they go into work and they get their memory severed. So when they're in work, they're like a new consciousness. Oh. And then they leave and they don't remember like anything at work. But I just love it too because the creator of it um, wrote it when he was at his nine to five and kind of depressed. And it was on a on the Hollywood blacklist and Ben Stiller's production company found it. It's his first thing he's like ever done. And it's just like, you know when you see somebody who has like a genius yeah, idea and it's yeah. like, yes. And it's like, he believed in himself and he kept going and like, yeah. yeah. It almost makes it kind of more special when you're watching something or listening to something and then you find out the story behind it and then you like it a little tiny bit more. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, Mike White was on Survivor. Like, that's when he, how he came up with the White Lotus or whatever it no, is. No, like, yeah. like that. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I like this so much more now. Because I, like, know that Cause you the see it. of it is. And, like, it's such a creative thing that, like, yeah. that was his brainchild during that time of his life. And it's just so cool to see because it's like, I believe that, like, good people find good people. Yeah. Good projects will get, you know, brought to life. Good songs will get heard. Yeah. And it's just like you really – you just have to keep, you just have to keep believing it, believing in it. And that's why it's like, life is so like, life is, I always say like, life is long, but we don't know how long it is. Yeah. And so like, you, you have to just do what you love ultimately. And, and it's like, yes, okay. You need to like be able to make a living, but like, ultimately like you got to, there's a way to find and to like monetize doing what you love because life is too short to just do something you hate and live for the weekends or like, you know, and yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, I have one last question for you, which is, what is your favorite song you've ever written? My favorite song I've ever written. Ah, oh, this this um changes all the time because I still listen to my songs that I wrote and like even released like two years ago, because it because truly I like think of a new person. But my song I just put out three months. Like I would say that song is one of my favorites that I've ever written because it's so. It is very well written. Like, yeah. I can even say that. Like, I'm. It's the longest song I put out. It's four minutes and thirty seconds, and I'm such a storyteller and like you know, with everything happening, especially in music, because of, like, TikTok and all these things, songs were so short. Like, they literally were, like, we want songs under two minutes. And I'm, like, yeah. you cannot tell a story under two minutes. Yeah. And so, like, I just, I was, like, you know what? I want to release this song because I just wanted to tell a whole story. I mean, it has, like, I'm, like, it has a full bridge. It has a full second pre and first pre. Yeah. And I, for me, it's very, like, fulfilling because to see, you know, people liking it and relating to it and listening to it and, like, 
the love that it's gotten as a really long song that is really yeah. story that's not a super it's it's sad too it's sad and it's slow and it's not something that's like oh gonna be like trendy or like viral yeah. or like fun and I don't know it's very beautiful because I'm like I just want to bring back real stories because I wish when I was going through this situation after dating a boy for three months that I had this song to listen exactly. to exactly I love yeah. it so tell everybody where they can find you where they can stream your music all the good stuff you can find me everywhere. Um, Lily Kincaid on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Twitter. My Instagram's the Lily Kincaid because someone took Lily Kincaid. Um, but and then my TikTok is listen to this in your car. I also have a little Discord with the Kincaidians. That's the name that they picked for themselves. I love it. Um, but yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. This Thank was you so for fun. Having me. I'm this so glad so I got fun. to meet you. This is so fun. We love you guys. Bye.